Hello, Balls of Magic. Welcome back to our podcast, How to Be Queer Podcast. My name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them. Hi, my name is Kim. My pronouns are she, her. Welcome back. Sometimes I sound like a car salesman when I... Do you think you sound like a car salesman? It's always like, hey, everybody. Hi. <laughs> that's, that's what a car salesman sounds like. Or do you mean like the people that announce like, you know, to to like a crazy Eddie's like, come and buy now, now. I'm trying to invite you in into this, you know, into the space. Okay. Hi. I always think of the price is right. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Like every, every kid our age, like what your sick day was basically about was watching Bob Barker. Oh right? my and, gosh. And the price is right. And I think now it's Drew Carey, isn't it? Well, yeah. And then he would always Barker's Beauties. I'm oh my like, God. So, <laughs> so bad. I'm like, I wonder what the backstage work culture was like over that place. I feel like somebody did an expose about that, about Barker's Beauties. And I, I have to say, though, I freaking loved The Price is Right as a kid. I did too. And I always remember, remember they had that Yodler? That would like go uh-huh. up and then you leave and they had to like guess the prices. Mm-hmm. And then they had Plinko. Do you remember Plinko? I was just about to bring up Plinko. I loved Plinko. I would energetically follow my eyeballs. I'm like, go into the thousand, go into the thousand one. Yeah, I loved it. And then the big wheel that you could turn to get the closest to a dollar. Mm-hmm. God bless that show. And that sound when you go over. Yeah, that was a great. You're the next contestant. I get you. You're like, welcome to our podcast. You're the next contestant to learn all about how to be queer in a heteronormative world. (laughs) We're not. Is that what it? That's what we'd say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Are we done? Nope. (laughs) Speaking of fun, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Youth Scene go over to their website, youthsen.org. Hit that donate button because Dr. J and the whole team over there are doing a kick-ass job. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yay. So, um, so big news this week. Big news this big week. Big news this week. I'm going to jump right in with a couple things that we're going to talk about. And then, well, I, you know, just because I like to give people a roadmap, even though Alex and I never really actually have one. <laughs> That's part we, of our charm. We make notes and then we're like, meh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be part of what people like about us. I don't Probably. know. And we've gone from like the price is right to anyway, go ahead. I know. I But I did. I loved, I lo- this is like one of those things that is so definitive about being a kid of the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. is because we didn't have, number one, you didn't have cable. Right. So you didn't have like 120 programs to yeah. choose from, which now, like if you, if I, if you took away like Netflix and all the on-demand stuff, you know what I would do? What? I would watch HGTV all day. Uh huh. And I would sometimes like hate watch it. Like when I, we watch house hunters. <laughs> okay. And it's like a 20 year old couple. And mm-hmm. one of them comes in and they're like, there's no green chaps. <laughs> I just don't know that I can see myself living here. I'm like, you need to go see my apartment in New York City when I was in my 20s. Yeah. I didn't even have a counter. (laughs) I lived in a shoebox. My bed was on wheels. I had to roll my bed from one side of my bedroom to the next to be able to get to the bathroom. Back when I was a kid, we didn't have drywall. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) You were lucky if you got a slab of stone and a piece of animal. I, I am not the only one that's watching House Hunters and are like, oh, the entitlement of this generation. Like, I'm not the only totally. one. <laughs> but I would I would watch HGTV all day. But when I was a kid, because we didn't have cable, mm-hmm. I would watch um, Price is Right. Yep. 
And then like the soaps would come on. Mm-hmm. What else was it? It was like Price is Right, but there was some other game show. And I can't remember what it is. I loved Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket Sweep. There was the um, the one with Hollywood Squares. Oh, yeah. I think I, that was on it. Was that on at night? Maybe. It may have been on at night. I, I definitely love the supermarket one where the, the people mm-hmm. could just like go through and they'd get like the turkeys yeah, right? because it was as much money as possible. And they fill up <laughs> stuff with like, like, that's a lot of turkey. I mean, speaking of turkey, like I watched a lot of PBS Yan can cook. Well, PBS shout out the best. Right? Did you know that 82% of parents consider PBS kids to be the most trusted programming for children? There you go. Yes. I work for PBS and I, I don't even apologize for it. I'm proud of that. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. PBS also, they have a whole bunch of new programming and a shout out for my, my other job. They have a whole bunch of new children's programming and they are doing some amazing shit with like being super inclusive to all sorts of different lived experiences for kids. Like PBS kids is amazing. So like they're being a part of the process that builds the, our kids' foundations in entirely stronger ways. Well, and so, Oh, hold on. I have it in my work bag. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Here she so says. for each show that they have, so we have like PBS kids learning goals. And so then they have like, what's the show? What's the age for the kid? And what is it teaching them? Oh, damn. Oh, I know. So like Alma's way, which I think is this new one. And it's like for pre-K to one, it's emotion, self-awareness, relationships, and critical thinking. Isn't that amazing? Curious George, which most people know is math, science, and engineering. Isn't that fascinating to know, like, there's some that are like, let's go Luna as social studies. This is so not what our podcast is about. This is like my other, other job that I do, but it's really cool to see like how they connect, like all this different, like peg and cat is math. Huh? Yeah. It's really cool. Rosie's rules is social studies. I like Rosie's rules. If you haven't seen that one yet, that one's really fun. Okay. Anyway, I want to watch those. I know Wild Kratz. That's the one. um, Two of our kids really loved Wild Kratz. That's science. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm off like in some other direction no, about PBS good. kids learning, <clears throat> learning goals. My kids loved word girl. Um, yeah. Uh, world word, word girl is about literacy. Yeah. And that's li- the core skill it's teaching. Yeah. And, and, and the wild Kratz too, of course. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, <clears throat> if you're not supporting your local PBS station, please do. There. Okay. Okay. Done. We're talking about fun. So much fun. We're hi. Oh no. I think we're going to do, are we going to do fun? Yeah. No, 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 no. I totally get what we're doing today. I'm on it. Right. I'm yes, kind of on it. You are. I'm on it. You're okay. always on it. So I wanted to talk about the Respect for Marriage Act. Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with that because this is like a where's my little flag I can I can I can flag right now. <laughs> I put it somewhere. I don't know where. Your your rainbow flag. So, <laughs> so I have um I, I have I, I have to say I got I I teared up when mm-hmm. we watched um President Biden signing this into law. I got a little teary. Yeah. And I think partly in and I did have some friends text me, which thank you. That was so nice of you to reach out to me because it was a big day. Yes. It was a big day. So um if you've been following this, the Respect for Marriage Act does a couple things. Now now I, I say this saying it's a step. It's not everything we need. Right. It's right. like yay, but also come on. It is a yay, but also come on. And, it, and the come on is for two reasons. Number one, like we really live in a world where we have to do this, where we have to put these things. Okay. That's where we're at. And two, it doesn't necessarily protect everyone because a lot of this has to do with geography. Yeah. I'm going to explain it. Ooh, okay. Good, so do tell. the whole reason we needed the respect for marriage act, because right now in our, in our country, about 70% 
um, and this is from Pew Research, um, 70% are in support of gay marriage, what we call gay marriage, which I already, like I say that and like the, the hair on the back of my neck, cause it's just fucking marriage. Okay. Yeah. But gay marriage. Yep. <laughs> I have to use that word just to, because of what we're talking about, but so about 70% of Americans, um, maybe a little bit less than that, like 68 to 70% support gay marriage. Right. And this is like come up in the last like 10 years from being in like the 30 to 40%. And that's when people were like, well, you can have civil ceremonies, but you know, we can't do anything more than that. And I'm like, really? We can't? Because, you know, straight people were were at, you know, 60% divorced, but we're worried about gay people being married. Right. Okay. Talk <laughs> to me about the sanctity of marriage again. And there's that. And there's that. Okay. So this this law, they they decided to that they needed to push it because if you remember when um Roe v when Roe v. Wade fell. There was some language that Alito and Thomas had used, which was kind of like a red herring or um, like a calling card that, hey, like this, this, the the law that has enacted um, gay marriage to be pr- protected, it could be rolled back. Mm-hmm. And so without going into too much detail, because there's people that are much more capable to talk about the legal ramifications of this than me. But so without going too much into it, they, they, if the courts were to overturn um, Oberfell, which is what is the legality of same-sex marriages, it would revert it back to state law and the majority of states would prohibit it. Okay. So the Respect for Marriage Act, it can't change that. Like, so if, if it falls, right, like you can't do the respect for marriage. I can't do anything about those States because it basically rolls it back to States being able to decide for themselves, whether or not they're going to recognize what we consider gay marriage. Okay. But what respect for the marriage act does do is it requires all States to recognize same sex marriages that have been performed in other States. And it federally recognizes those marriages. So simply said, you and I were married in a state in Colorado that recognizes same-sex marriage. And now we are guaranteed that federally, no matter what would happen in the state of Colorado, our marriage would still be recognized by the federal government, Okay, which people might be like, well, why does that matter? Um, Do your tax return and then tell me that it doesn't matter. Exactly. Okay. And then also that there's a whole bunch of other legal things like passage of, of property, like if some, you know, access to your partner, if they're in the hospital, like there's all sorts of these little things that um, this recognizes and protects. So especially social security survivor benefits, that's like a big one that federally we want to make sure that we have recognized. It also says that other states have to recognize same-sex marriages across state lines and that same-sex couples are entitled to the same federal benefits of any other married couple. So unfortunately, it does nothing to prevent same-sex marriages from becoming illegal again in states that might oppose them if the Supreme Court decides to overturn. So if you are, so basically if it revert, if it falls, right. Mm -hmm. And this is not the respect for marriage act. The respect for marriage act was put in as like a safeguard in case it does. Okay. So if it falls, if you are in a state that is not going to recognize same sex marriage, there's really nothing that they can do. Um, but if you, so everyone who's gay, go out and get married now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because if it does exist, if I'm understanding this, right they do have to recognize it from another state. Okay. So they might not necessarily grant you a same-sex marriage in your in the state if, if you're in there, but if you're coming from another state that they have to, and federally, 
your marriage would be recognized. Okay. Which is where a lot of our benefits come from. So that's what I say. Like, it's <clears throat> not, it's not like, Hey, we've got nothing to worry about anymore. That's obviously not true because depending on where you are geographically, you could still be facing a whole slew of shit, but from a federal perspective, it was a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. And so, and I just want to be clear, like when I say that because of, so think of it this way, if this hadn't gone through where I understand now, like federally we're protected, I was having to go to a lawyer to have to write everything explicitly that if something ever happened to me, uh-huh. right? Like this is where it goes. This is who gets it Yeah, because it wouldn't just revert to you as my spouse. Right. Um, and then there's certain things like I'm not going to, you know, there's nothing a lawyer can do. I think about social security benefits. We w- just would have lost those, but that's a lot of money. Like that's a big deal Yeah, not to be able to pass that money along for your spouse to have support. If God forbid something happened to one of us. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Um, it is absolutely cause for celebration. It absolutely goes to people that have been fighting for this for decades. It absolutely goes to the folks that can see the calling cards from some of like this, this, these justices. And, um, unfortunately I think it was like less than 20 Republicans from the house, um, agreed with this bipartisan bill. So like for the rest of them, I'm like, seriously, what the fuck? Like, why do you care? Yeah. Which that's a whole other conversation. So it's, it's good, but it is also like, it's not everything that we need, but it definitely took a weight off my shoulders. Yeah, for sure. I think I just keep cycling in my head, this whole like same sex marriage. And I'm like, yeah, once again, we are reduced down to our body parts. Oh, it's so, it's so creepy, right? It's so creepy. And like, like heterosexual marriages is, (sighs) It's just, it's so creepy and just off balance. And I'm energetically very uncomfortable with it. Well, and it's the other, the other pieces of it, which I'm there's, again, there's people way better to talk about this than me, but it also is because the same law that is protecting right now, same sex marriage or gay marriage is also protecting inner interracial. Oh, so that's where it's like, there's, listen, we got handed a court that I don't care. You can write me. It, 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 I really don't give a shit. But we have a court right now that is absolutely not in line with a progressive, inclusive mindset. The other thing that's happening with the court, which is really interesting, is this 303 creative, which is actually a Colorado case. Have you been? I, I'm sorry. I'm like totally like yeah, bringing something I'm in unfamiliar. that we hadn't talked about. That's okay. I'm unfamiliar. Tell me. So this would be the woman who owns a website design. Um, firm in, I believe she's in Colorado Springs. Okay. And she does not want to have to design websites for same-sex marriages. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did share. And so she has taken this all the way to the Supreme Court because <sighs> she feels that it is an infringement on her religious belief oh my God. to have to, you know, basically like she can't say like, hey, I'm not going to serve um, queer or gay marriages. Yeah. So this is what's interesting because people go back and forth about this one all the time of, but you're a business owner. Shouldn't you be able to dictate who your clients are? Well, yes, Mm -hmm. but there's an and, Mm -hmm. right? And the and is, but you shouldn't be using discriminatory practices to do so. Yes. And if we're going to say, right, that your religious ideology trumps my 
ability to just have services, we have a problem Mm -hmm. because I'm not actually infringing on your religious belief. You can go believe whatever you want to, but they're now harming someone else, but they're using it to harm someone else. And I'm just going to say it again. The founding of our country was freedom from religion. Yeah. It So it's very, very backwards to me. And I'm just going to state too, if you're one of the people listening and you're like, but businesses should be able to decide, then decide what you want to do, but don't take it all the way to the Supreme Court and be like, I refuse to service people of, and then fill in whatever that blank is. Can you imagine the slippery slope that that puts us on? Yeah. I mean, the arrogance and the entitlement of like, I'm going to take this all the way up because I believe I'm, I'm like, oh my God. And I'll say this. I've looked at her website because, you know, I'm a stalker, Yeah. but I've looked at her website. There is no self-respecting gay person with the level of <laughs> style and sophistication that we have that we're going to hire her anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's that. We're, we're in green with style. Sorry, they're, they're creative, but your design still sucks, no matter if you take it to the Supreme Court or not. The other thing I'll say is I, you and I have been in businesses that mm-hmm. have refused to serve us. Yes. That is the shittiest feeling in the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you can take, I just, yeah, I I don't know what else I want to say about it other than I, I would imagine most of the people that find themselves listening to our podcast probably feel the same way we do, which is there is a difference of their freedom from religion means something. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, like the subtleness you and I have been in those, in those situations and um, how easily when you're not aware of it, you just think, cause like we're good hearted, like people. Mm-hmm. And so we're assuming that people will treat us as we would, would treat them. And so when you're standing at the bar and you keep getting ignored and, and you're, and you, then you keep giving them a, I, like the, the bartender, like yeah. I kept giving her a pass, like, right. She's just busy and she's got a lot going on and all oh, right. They were here first. And, and then being like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Like you're actually just deliberately ignoring us yeah, and, and not even realizing it until later. Well, and the, the, the funny thing about that situation too, is there was a couple that was next to us watching the whole thing go down. Right. And she finally, one of the women in the couple looked at me and said, she's just not going to serve you. <sighs> yeah. And I was like, you're right. She's not. And we got up and left yeah. and it was after, I think if we sat there for like 25 minutes, just trying to get mm-hmm. a, just trying to get a drink. We were on our way and to it dinner. Went, and yeah. it wasn't that busy. No, we went through a lot of excuses in our head. So, you know, 303 creative, I just need you to, there is no self-respecting gay person that is going to come to you and be like, please do my website. Like they, we would know within 30 seconds of talking to you that this is not the person. So why you feel that you have to go and make a law that like, it's just, please, girlfriend, sit down. Well, and there's a karmic language out there and I'm sure she got hers. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. That just made me like, if I had a little mustache, I'd be like twirling the ends of it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't get around that shit. The universe knows. So we're going to say this week was a yay for respect for marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, F you 303, whatever the hell you are and your shitty ass designs. <laughs> and then we're going to tap into, because it's the end of the year, the calendar year it is, and everybody's throwing parties at us left and right. <laughs> Invite the queers. <laughs> I, my, my inner introvert is like, is dying. <laughs> How many parties is it? Okay. 
we are going to a lot of parties. We see that with a lot. I see that with humor, though, of course. But and I'm looking. So let's talk about. We'll talk about the one we did last weekend, and then we'll talk a little bit about the one we're doing tonight. Yeah. And then there's just a whole fucking slew of other ones, and we're hosting a bunch of shit at our house too. Yes. So really, so I want to say, I want to say first, the party we went to last week. One, our friend is. We've talked about her on here. She's probably the only true extrovert that I know. Yes. And, and Tina, because I know you listen to this, you. we're using your name, Tina. And you guys have heard us talk about Tina and her husband because they're the happiest heterosexual people we've ever met. They are the <laughs> happiest heterosexual marriage I've ever seen. Ever. They're like legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're awesome. They're awesome. But yeah, sorry. You want to explain oh, no, what all. we did? Oh, so, um, yeah. So we planned, we planned Tina turn 50. the entertainment because that's what we, that's, that's where, who we are. We're fun. We're really fucking fun. We are. So this is my, this is my hot take of, of it's been a week since, since tennis party and what I learned about at, at this party. Cause I will say Tina, the most extroverted person I know, Yes, but in her life is surrounded by introverts. Yes. All of her close friends are introverts, which is really fascinating to me. <laughs> and usually we just look at Tina and Tina keeps the conversation going. She's, but, 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 but. She, you know, she is one of those people like you could put her in a room with a hundred people and she is going to know and is going to be friends with every single person in that room by the time the party's over. Yes. And we'll have more energy as the night goes on. Yes. Sign of a true extrovert. Yes. Talk about keeping the party going. That's Tina. Tina's never met somebody that she is not going to become friendly with. You put a bunch of introverts in a room by the, you know, after hour, hour two, we're like, I need to go back to the darkness <laughs> in my cave. I need to recharge in the darkness. And Tina is just like, boop, boop, boop. she's like getting more and more energy as the night goes on. And the rest of us are like staring at each other. Like, what do we do now? <laughs> but that being said, you and I are very entertaining people. Yes, where I've described us as like we're extroverted introverts. Oh, so tell me more. So, um, I mean, a true introvert—I shouldn't say true because we all have different different qualities. But like, if you recharge alone, you're yes. you're an introvert, or me. or with you, or if you recharge with like, I can recharge around you. Oh yeah. Um, if you recharge around other people you're an extrovert. Oh, hell no. I used to think I was an extrovert and I'm like, yeah, no, not I'm really not. Um, because I, what I really just lacked was the ability to be with myself. So <laughs> that there's that there's that. Now I know myself a lot better. So I will say before we get into what we did at tennis party, like one of the things that was really interesting to me when I got to know you mm -hmm. is that on stage, cause oh. you're on stages every week, yeah. right? You are incredibly like I would, I would have pegged you as like the life of the party, like swinging from a chandelier person Yeah, no. because your stage presence is like totally over the top, totally out there. Like I have this joke with you where I'm like, <laughs> I would come to your classes and I'd be like, what is Alex actually going to get me to do today? Are we rolling around on a floor? Are we acting like a bird? Am I screaming at the top of my lungs? Am I playing air guitar? Like you're so out there with yourself and inevitably you get other people to follow you and do this. Yeah. Like we were in your class this morning and at one point I looked at you and you were playing air guitar on your back and on the floor. Yeah. And everyone's just like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay. 
And I'm like, and you know, I'm standing in my little bubble and I'm like, what's happening? But anyway, but when I then got to know you, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, you are very reserved um, and very like thoughtful with your words. And you definitely tend to be, I, I don't love the word shy, but you're like very introverted around people when you're not on a stage. Yeah. I think the best way I can describe it is even though there is, there is a naturalness to a certain point, but Brene Brown helped me put words to it, which was like when we um, are our authentic selves, we invite others into, to be the same. Okay. And then just kind of like learning, like that's, I guess the energy of like what I was always trying to do, like I wanted to be myself, but I also want, I didn't want to do it alone. And then when you can, when you're brave enough to put yourself out there, you invite other people to also be themselves, which is really powerful. It is really powerful. And so to give people a visual, your classes have about, I mean, I it, since COVID, it's been because you've had a lot of restrictions on like who you could have in your class, but like a hundred people mm-hmm. are in this, you know, room together and it's a big room yeah. and it's mirrored. And it's like, a, you know, you always keep the lights off a little bit because so it feels more like you're dancing in a club, I guess. Yeah. And so it is, it's, it is more people presenting feminine than masculine. Yeah. I don't want to make an assumption about anybody's identity, but it's, it's, you know, probably like 99% people that are feminine representing. Yeah all different ages. Mm-hmm. I've seen like teens all the way up to, I mean, I would say in their seventies, eighties, yeah. yeah. Um, every color, every race is represented in there. And this is like, you want I've never, I mean, these are like people that like, you would never expect to see them totally get down and be like grinding on themselves, but they they're into it. They're yeah. screaming at the top of their lungs, like gyrating, <laughs> running around the room, smacking each other, hugging each other. Like the one song that we do is actually called Scream. Yeah. And they're screaming at the top of their lungs. And this is at 930 in the morning on a Friday. Uh-huh. It's That's beautiful. like what you built. It's beautiful. Yep. And then you're playing air guitar in the middle of the floor. Yeah. It's really special. It is. Thank you for saying that. I think, I mean, honestly, like, like uh, on the vulnerable note, like it takes a lot of emotional energy to do that. And there's days where I'm like, I feel like I don't really, it's just like, I, I'll judge, I'll worry. You know, I, I'm still human. Like I'm worrying about being judged and I'm like, okay, I got to just f- fucking do it anyway. Yeah. Let's who, go. Who, who, who knows what'll happen? I think what I means for you though, that, you know, I think um, people usually tell me that I seem like a very serious person. And that, that is true. Mm-hmm. I am a very, I'm very serious and very buttoned up. I like to get things done. I'm very type A, but I also have a very, very silly and goofy side to me. You do. And so I love it. So if you were to ever see me in this dance class, like, first of all, I can't dance. I have two left feet. The whole class is going right. And I am inevitably going left. <laughs> I always have to apologize. You got to give yourself some me. more credit. You good. But I, I have a lot of energy and I love to sing along with the songs. And um, what I've connected is that I actually used to play that way when like a lot like that when I was a kid mm-hmm. is I would go up into my bedroom and I had a record player. Thanks mom. And I would like play records and, and like act out little dances and stuff and like lip sync and sing in my bedroom. And I'm like, Oh, so I'm basically just going back to my childhood play. Yeah. I think that's part of why that class is so, um, 
I don't know. It just is what it is because, you know, we're, we're mid ish life, you know, like the age range and everything kind of lines up and, you know, you get to the point where you kind of forget to play. Yeah. And when you have someone saying, no, 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 no. I want you to act like an idiot. Don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it. And it's like, oh, right. Of course I can be silly. Yes. I'm. And you kind of take away your age. You take away any limitations you think you might have and you just move. Well, and I love that too. You have a, you, you talk a lot about body positivity Yeah. when, when we're in there, I think, what is your line you always say? Um, well, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, I, I took it from Katie Haggerty. Thank you, Katie. Um, do the best you can with the body that brought you in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that framing because I think sometimes like we can think that dance and movement, like you have your, or exercise and gyms. I mean, I know Alex, you could talk about this <sighs> at nauseum, but like, you know, mm-hmm. do, do people, did I have an expectation of, Hey, I can only show up at the gym. If my body looks like this, if, can I only move? And you, can you talk a little bit, do you mind talking a little bit about that? Well, I think I, I just started to write some more about it on our, on our website, on the blog about the kind of the intersection or the, or the alignment or the, the, the connection between the fitness industry and queerness. And, um, and that, you know, there's exercise, is supposed to be this mind, body, spirit, healing, um, healing space. But ultimately there is a message of the fitness industry saying, yeah, but not you queer people, queer people. Right. So I wanted to always make sure that even before I was really accepting of my own queerness was like, I'm going to make my room as, um, inclusive and accepting of all bodies and uh, abilities and, identities and things as I can. And anything outside of these walls is, is just going to be what it's going to be. But in here, um, we don't accept any kind of like self or we're going to encourage self-love, radical self-love. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully that eliminates some loathing. I think that's when you said radical self-love, that is the experience that I have had being in your class and then also being an adult that's literally going to play for an hour and yeah. give, and that's, you know, look, I, I, it's nine 30 on a Friday. I prioritize that time in my schedule. I block it off. I've, of course, there's lots of times that I have to miss it because, you know, I, I, my first priority during Monday through Friday's work, but there's a lot of time that I'm there mm-hmm. because I, I am privileged in being able to arrange and work for an organization, PBS, if you haven't figured that out, um, that does allow us to have that space of like, Hey, it's okay to, to arrange your schedule the way that's needed. Except I'm sure for those they, times it's not right. Yeah. I'm sure they want you to do your self-care. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I, I absolutely feel like as I've gotten, um, more senior and more responsibility in my role, that one of the things of toxic work environment that I had been in in a long time, and part of this is probably also from New York City, that showing any type of care for yourself was seen as a weakness. Yeah. Like, well, you're just not tough enough to stick it out and work 80 hours a week. And 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 then people would almost do it like a badge of honor, right? Like, right. oh my God, I'm so busy. I can't take a break. I'm so important in this place. And, and it, as I've gotten further in my career, I've realized how damaging and traumatic that is to the people that you work with. Because basically what you're saying is, I'm so busy and important and I can't trust anybody else to perform like I would. Yeah which is really demoralizing to those around you. So instead I'm like, I understand that there's times you're probably going to need me on Friday mornings at nine 30 and I will absolutely prioritize those times, but really you don't need me. 
you're more than capable of doing this yourself. Yeah. For one hour, you're fine. And, and you can do it. Yeah. You don't actually need me. Yeah. Um, I am not so indispensable that I can't take a break for myself. And I really don't like the message that it sends when you see leaders do that. Yes. It's modeling a very, very toxic work culture. So, and, and this is a hard thing to break, right? Because the first work cultures that I was in, and especially in New York city was if you worked yourself to death, that was considered good. Look at you can give them anything. Look at what they can do. They're indispensable. And you would almost like brag about it. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I worked like 70 hours last week. Oh my God. I'm so tired. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know that you should be bragging about that because what that tells me is that you don't have boundaries. You don't have a good sense of self. You clearly don't have the security in your own ability to say, I can push back from the table and I'm going to trust that I am so indispensable to this team. When I'm ready to come back, it's going to be here. Yeah. Right. Like there's so much of that toxic work culture. And so as a leader, which I've been really privileged to be able to step into this space, I'm constantly normalizing for people. Like, what are you doing to care for yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things I would, I would um, teach. I teach in my classes is that the two phrases that um, I think, I think we, we hear a lot specifically in like maybe corporate or definitely in the fitness world of no pain, no gain. Ooh. And then pain is weakness leaving the body. And I started to really dismantle the the pain is weakness leaving the body. I think the Marines have it like there's like one of their phrases. I checked me, of course, but I think it kind of came from that world. But and I, I would go through strength classes and I would say, you know, all right, you know, pain is no pain is pain. Yeah. Pain is a flag of your body saying, fuck, can you fucking stop, please? <laughs> Please, this really fucking hurts. I need you to stop right now. But the message is like, you will be weak if you stop through the pain. Well, and I've had I've had you tell me there's a difference between pain and feeling a burn. Yes. There's was, a, oh my God, I'm there like learning. <laughs> um, can you tell everyone? Because it was really valuable when you told me like there's a difference between pain and like the burn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is what is that? Well, with like strength training, like you know, you get to that, you, you get to a point where you're pushing your muscle, like, and it's a burn is like all over like this warmth, like this uncomfortable discomfort, like warming. Okay. And it's like, Ooh, this really burns, but pain is like acute and it's sharp and it's biting. And it's like, like a, you want to, it's like when you touch a hot burner and you pull your hand back, like it's that, if you feel that kind of like shrillness in your body, like fucking stop. So here's, here's my question then for you, because, and I know I'm not alone in this out there. So occasionally I have my exercise routine that I do and it works really well and I love it. It makes me really happy, but occasionally like, you know, maybe I spend too much time on Pinterest. Right. And it's like, do this squat challenge. And Mm -hmm. I actually did this once where I'm like, I'll do a squat challenge. And I ended up doing squats and I don't think I felt pain when I was doing them, but I was getting to that burn place. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I couldn't walk. Yeah. So is that like, so how do you know when you've done, and is it because I went from like, I exercise all the time, but maybe I don't do like, you know, a hundred squats in a day. And then like the next day I'm like, and then, you know, you have the dreaded, like, oh my God, I can't even like sit down to pee because every time I do, I'm like, am I going to make it back up? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, there's no like short answer, but it's just like anything else where you're building your own boundary you have to cross it to know where to stop and so i think 
to like stop at 50 squats. <laughs> well, if it's like you got you you go through the workout and then if the next day you can't walk, then you just use that information for the next time versus letting it be like, oh, well, I couldn't walk. I'm not going to work out anymore. Right. It's not this all or nothing thing. It's it's this back and forth of like, yeah, I really hurt myself. I'm going to back it off. And next time I'm going to not do that anymore. And I'm going to keep building this, you know, foundation of it's all, all wrapped up in the, in the strength process. I learned so much from listening to you about strength and exercise. And I mean, I think the biggest, and cause I'm going to bring it back to what we plan to talk about, but you, listen, y'all know you're at our kitchen table with us. You just get, <laughs> we just chat. Um, but the importance of, I think for a long time, I'd seen exercises either like punishment mm-hmm. or earning, mm-hmm. right? So like, I'm going to exercise because last night was, was pizza night and I need to burn off what I ate yesterday, or I need to exercise because this thing is happening, this holiday, this special meal. Yeah. And I think just in all the, you've been incredibly patient in working with me over the years. Am I your Everest? Because of my thought processes are really <laughs> bad around this. I never thought of it that way, but. But what is some of the, what you've taught me is um, connecting exercise to enjoyment of what my body can do mm-hmm. and, and finding exercises that feel like that do feel like adult play. So mm-hmm. like, even when I go running, which a lot of people are like, Ew, you go running. And I'm like, but I need you to understand the type of running I'm doing. Yeah. I've got a playlist that I'm finding super motivating. I'm out in nature. I'm not measuring how far I go or how fast I go. Yeah, I'm out there like looking at the mountains and breathing in the air and feeling like, oh my God, my feet are just going. Yeah, You know, if you, if you ever catch me running around the neighborhood for anybody that's local, like you look like that woman is damn full because I like dance run sometimes. <laughs> it's so cute. I'm sorry, but there's no way to listen to California 11 or like hypnotize without like doing something. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And so, um, but you've really helped me connect that, that like exercise is actually about enjoyment of what my body can do. Yeah. I think people should remember that exercise is a way to, you're building a relationship with your body. And we, I can speak to like in my twenties, you know, I, I've been in fitness for over 20 years and I absolutely used exercise as a form of punishment. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I ate too much last night. I'm going to go work out for three hours. And then there's consequences to that too. And so, um, and then over, over just hearing people like beat themselves up about how much exercise they didn't do, or, Oh, I wish I looked like you, or, you know, these weird badges of honor, they were, they were giving themselves and ultimately like exercise should just be you're celebrating. And I say it in class, you're celebrating what your body does for you. Um, because here's the thing, if you beat up your body, your body absolutely will revolt. It will do things that are out of your control. And so you want to build that relationship with it, that you work with it, not against it. I love it. I just love it. It's been, it's been life-changing for me. I'm just really grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. So getting back to play. Yeah. So Tina's birthday was all about play. Yes. So let's go with, do you want to go with like observations that we had? Yes. Uh, Room full of straight people. It was a room full of straight people. Um, Led by queers. Led by queers. That was that was us. We gave them alcohol and we gave them we did name that tune. 
we did lip sync battle. Thank you, Drag World. Yeah. And they they brought it. They did. We opened the door and they ran through it. They did. It was amazing. Yeah. So here was to to um this is what I loved about it is that you, you kind of do your thing. And then because you've, you've graciously given me a lot of your wisdom, I can stand with you and do those things where I'm like, we're going to make a damn fool out of ourselves. But really what that means is it invites everybody else in to do it too, <laughs> which is great. And so, but one of the funny things I noticed is, so if you want to play this game um, with families over holidays or friends and stuff, it was really fun. We did, Alex and I built out these playlists where we pick different songs from different decades. See, I'm going totally type A operational on you. I'm not. I'm just going to explain to you what we did, and then we divided everybody into two teams, and they got to name their teams. It was the Tintastics and the Swanky Ostriches. <laughs> two teams, and I need you to imagine how introverted some of these people are. Like super introverted. Divided them into teams. We would play ten seconds of the song. You had to name the artist and mm-hmm. the name of the song and the artist. Yeah. So when they started. They were like, oh, I know that. That's Stand By Me by, oh, I can't remember the person's name. But then we started keeping score and we made it competitive. Yeah. And we had we had prizes. Came on, bitches. And we gave them alcohol. Yep. And by the end of it, <laughs> these people were, they had microphones screaming into the microphones. <laughs> Madonna! Material girl! Like screaming into the microphones. <laughs> two inches from our faces. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know, you, I can hear you, <laughs> but they got so into it mm-hmm. and being so silly, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. Then we did lip sync battle. Do you want to explain to everybody how lip sync battle works in case people are like taking notes of games that they want to bring to their family over the holiday? Yeah. So you may have seen lip sync battle like on TV. Um, why am I? I'm forgetting who who hosts it. Oh, Chrissy. it's um. Oh, Chrissy, uh, married to John Legend. Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, and um, LL Cool J. I think is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That feels right. Yeah. yeah okay. That feels right. So let's go with that. <laughs> we, you, you you could know it from that realm, or uh, we know it from the drag world. Yes. Which um. So basically, like you get two people and thirty second clips three or four songs and you battle it quote unquote back and forth i had to battle alex it It did not go well (laughs) so you don't know what song you're gonna get and you have to lip sync for your life do the best you can and they brought it and they all brought it tina was crawling across the floor to marvin Gaye's sexual healing yes and i think what was funny is that even though we said you're 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 battling they w- inevitably would would perform together yes <laughs> they may miss the battle part, you you even okay. named it because we were like in each other's face and you're like this is how this works like you battle each other you kind of like throw some shade at the other person like i got this better than you but then they would all inevitably end up doing duets to the same song and i'm like maybe that was the alcohol that got <laughs> like i know this song i know it too <laughs> But it was really fun to watch an entire room of adult introverts like and I I feel bad because I'm normalizing um, drinking alcohol, which I know not everybody needs or nor should everybody drink, nor does anybody. Some people don't even need to. You and I didn't really drink at all that party. Um, So I'm sorry. I'm kind of I don't mean to make light of it because obviously alcohol abuse is something that is very serious. But in this case, 
it was a little bit of the fuel that maybe people needed to step out of their comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like practice makes progress. Like you and I have a lot of practice of being of pra- silly, practicing our fun. Yeah. Yeah. And being silly. It's, it's, it, it, we are very silly people. Yeah. <laughs> but then you also took people to drag school, which was super fun oh. to see everybody do that too. Yeah. That was fun. So there you go. If you, you know, not only are we inclusion trainers, you can hire us for your next party. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would not want to do that, but, but Tana's birthday was an incredibly fun holiday party. I loved it. Yes. I it had was. a blast. Mm-hmm. And what's our next one? Tonight we have one. We're going to a party tonight. Yes, the and the and the the um theme is gang gangster. Gangster and flappers. Flappers. Which I'm not going as a flapper. Are you going as a flapper, that's, darling? That's hilarious. You don't want to wear a flapper dress? I mean, like, <laughs> I think I wore a flapper dress last week at tennis. You did. And I came out, I'm like, oh fuck my life. <laughs> So it felt that comfortable. I thought you looked beautiful in it. Thank you. I was, uh, but I did it for the, you dressed, you know, I was not going to take myself too seriously and just have fun with it. Yeah. But we're both going as gangsters tonight. Yes. Which I'm excited about. Yeah. I'm going to embrace a little bit of my masculinity, which if you've ever seen me in person, I am the least looking masculine person you would ever see. Uh, but I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be a little gender bender. Are you boss me around later? I feel like I boss everyone around <laughs> all the time because that's just part of my charm. <laughs> At least that's what I call it. <laughs> what is it we, oh my God. To be a part of our marriage. What is the one thing about me that drives you insane? Listeners. I think she missed it. <laughs> what? <laughs> just to something went over my head is it something i do if mom turned the podcast off no <laughs> yeah okay you didn't miss it okay what did you ask me what is the one thing because i'm bossy i'm and you know what and fuck that because i'm a woman and we call women bossy just when they know what they're doing yeah so i'm gonna fucking own it yes i am bossy because i know what i'm doing but you there's one thing about me that i know drives you insane when we're driving or when you're driving oh, and oh. you've had to like put me in my place a couple times. Oh, she likes to side seat drive. I know. Back seat drive. And you find, and you'll be like, Kim, I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 I think, I think, I think what happens is you'll, you'll point across my, <laughs> like, so super charming, put, put your hand, your arm, like, <laughs> in my face like go that way <laughs> oh my god i'm having such a moment with myself so not only is my words bossy as i'll get up it's also i do hand gestures of what i want you to do in the car because clearly i know better <laughs> i was i'm gonna i was gonna go this way but okay well the last time i did it you actually looked at me and you were like kim <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I know where I want to go. And the worst part was, is you were right and I was wrong. So I not only had to sit with my total discomfort of being a bossy ass bitch, I also had to sit in the discomfort of being wrong. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, shit. Right? Because I was wrong. I was telling you to turn somewhere near and you were like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I fucked that up. Listen, every marriage has their things. <laughs> what do I do that that pisses you off? Oh, that pisses me off? Or do, that annoys you? 
Oh gosh. Whatever the question you ask me, what's I will ask you too. I know. I'm trying to think if there's anything that you do that like really annoys me. I don't think so. I mean, nothing's coming to mind. You have little quirks that are really kind of like more funny. Okay. And so like the one that, and this actually happened at dinner last night where you just basically told everyone I ordered a, you ordered a (laughs) candle box. And, and I have to tell you folks, like there's people that love candles. I get it. There's entire industries around candles. Yeah. Alex, how many candles right now are sitting on the table with us? One, two, four. There's four candles sitting on a table with us. And you have a very particular type of candle that you like. Do you want to share with everyone? I do. I like the bath and body. I like Yankee candles, but I, but I would say my, I, my like, I like bath and body works fresh, like the wintry, the fresh balsam. And do you have a secret cabinet in this house? that just has candles in it yes do i do. You, do you do you stockpile i stockpile candles for all seasons <laughs> you wait for and then you have coupons i do i'm and on the list you're <laughs> and do you buy accessories for the candles i do <laughs> they need very very special accoutrement I'm just going to say like last night, cause we can't, I'm not kidding you. Like it's, it's also, we, we celebrate Christmas in this house. And so there's just a lot of candle oriented, like spaces right now. Now I'm influencing all the children. Oh my God. <laughs> As well. And so I have just learned that like boxes from Bath and Body Works show up at our house and I'm like, it must've been a candle coupon day. And now we're going to hoard them in what you think is the secret compartment. And it's not so secret because I go in there every once in a while and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you're a hoarder of candles. But then because the kids were all there and like yeah. we're all having dinner and you brought out the box yeah, and all the kids are like, I want this scent. I want that scent. This is the best. Scent. And then there's a full blown argument going of what is the best Bath and Body Works candle scent during the holiday season, which ones can get stretched into January, right? Which there's the winter one, because what is the winter one? The winter one is like orange and cloves, but the balsam one is Christmas tree. So you can only have the balsam one up to Christmas day. So any unburned (laughs) balsam candle gets put back in the secret shelf because- And then we save it for next year. Save it for the next year. What if it's like half burned down? You That's why that the whole area is stocked, right? Yeah. So even if it's half burned down, like we don't just burn the rest of the candle down. You put it away until that season returns. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> the quirks about. The, I mean, I guess the, it's just yep. like the quirks of marriage, right? Yeah. Like little did I know that I was marrying a candle maker <laughs> or a candle, a candle hoarder, a candle, candle hoarder. hoarder. You're a hoarder. Yeah. It's Can't... the accessories that come with the candles that I'm like, <laughs> we've reached a whole other level. The eyeball one for Halloween. Oh, that one's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I feel like 4th of July gets totally overlooked in the candle game. I'll share that. Well, I'll rectify that this year. Oh, I'm sure you will. Is there like a candle called firework? There is. Shut the front door. There really? really? Yeah, yeah, there really is. If I went down to our candle cabinet right now, would I actually find one? No, you would find springtime candles and winter candles. So you just skip the whole season of summer? Well, I think um, 
summer ends up being more about like light outside. So like we have the lanterns oh, and like yes, the lights. Oh, yes, we have outdoor candles. Yeah, so we bring light into the home in the darker months. It's whole energetic thing, Kim. I mean, have you met me? I, <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget you're married to me. Yay! Oh, I know. And thanks to the Respect for Marriage <laughs> Act, it's federally going to be recognized forever. <laughs> See how we bring it. We do. We do bring it full circle. We really do. What were we supposed to talk about today? We did exactly what we were supposed to do. Which was what? Talk, have fun. Oh, okay. Well, I had fun. Did you have fun? I did. Okay. I don't know. What is it? It's, oh, it's, it's, it's December 16th. So I guess I'll just say to all our listeners, like maybe we'll get, well, maybe we'll do a new year's one. Oh yeah. But we'll probably, we won't be back with you till January. We could is do, that fair to say? Um, yeah, we'll see. Okay. We could do like a, like a month by month wrap up of, or whatever, of 2022. I mean, we are the boss of this podcast. We are the boss. We have a sponsor, but man, maybe they're the boss. Maybe not. We can, we can collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. J. Dr. J. Dr. J. Yeah, I know. Okay. They'll be like, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> yes, we are. We've done an entire podcast about play and candles. Mm-hmm. Well, and with the Respect for Marriage Act, we did cover it. Uh-huh. We always talk about queer things. Well, yeah, that's because it's amazing to be queer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So queer folks, if you're listening to us, don't forget to tap into your joy and play. And remember, you could be that extra special party favor at all the heterosexual parties that are going on. Oh, my on. God. If you don't want to be the token <laughs> queer, just watch out. <laughs> uh, but on a serious note, friends out there, um, wishing you a very, very happy, healthy um, wonderful. I know the holidays, depending on your yeah. family and if they're affirming or not, just remember, um, you don't have to show up at your family events if they are not affirming of who you are. Exactly. Take care of you. And that is the most important thing. And this time of year, know the resources that are out there for you. Reach out if you are struggling and need help. And um, I, 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 this has been a great year, 2020, 2022. Um, boy, what a year for you and I, and maybe we will do one more to kind of like wrap up our year. But I, this podcast has given me so, so, so much and, um, finding my own voice and being goofy and being serious and sharing parts of our life just to normalize for folks out there that this is what queer marriage and queer existence looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, we are about so much more than just our queerness. And also our queerness is a really wonderful part of who we are. Yes, absolutely. Anything you want to say to people? Before we sign off and then we'll bring a, a New Year's one. Yeah. Just um, if you go to the um, go to our website on or ch- check us out on, on Facebook, on, on the social medias and give us a rating. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah, go to spot. If you're, Unless it's bad, then go away. Right. So whether you're listening <laughs> to us on Spotify or on, or on Apple, if you would give us a rating, that'd be awesome. And um, if you need any support or scripts or ideas around, actually, if you are a parent of a queer kid or a queer parent of uh, as well, if you need any support in um, navigating family this holiday, let us know. We can absolutely help you out. So you can find us on social, I'm sorry, on Instagram, Facebook, um, and howtobequeer.com. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Happy holidays. Talk with you soon. Bye, Balls of Magic. Bye.